0: short, rather clear, loud, random comments about, that are relevant, relevant, random comments. This is the RRC section of our study group tonight. Please begin.
1: I still have statements in my head of um, the mantel-
2: dass wir alle
1: hier- I feel fear.
3: Around all the things I need to get done and supporting my kids' school stuff. I'm not even grounded
4: I, yet. I am in a seminar house and I'm on my way to dinner, and it's raining and I'm in nature. I'm oh, really glad I'm um, mm-hmm. trying to create boundaries it's
3: for my right. work and nevertheless, here mm-hmm. I'm very happy. True.
2: Very, very happy.
3: <laughs> Really chattery here, because
5: everybody fear I feel fear yeah. and joy about being in this space. I have so much joy of seeing greatest everyone. Greatest I already, I already want to so I I just go and see you and meet exactly. you wherever you I are um, and um, listening everywhere. about all the things so that you have been doing and
6: glad I want to
5: know who you are now after after the process yeah. that we've been doing together. Thank All the time we're hearing her. They mm-hmm. are enjoying, are having joy at mm-hmm. seeing mm-hmm. everybody. Mm-hmm. made me feel mm-hmm. less mm-hmm.
7: nervous. Yeah. And I'm also enjoying seeing my friend, Mike. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a lower of volume, though. And my be...
1: Wow. Wondering if I want to change things or if I want to change my attitude.
3: I wonder where you all are at, so I'm going to put my location.
1: I'm new here, this is, a you want to i not saying anything.
5: Welcome Clay, thank you,
7: thank you. I'm from here for the first time in the group.
3: Oh, so there's a first timer here. I'd like to know who that is.
0: Whoever, whoever, has the, whoever has the background conversation going on. Could you could you mute yourself? Somebody has a somebody else talking in the same room. It's hard to hear other other people. Thank you. So we're about two thirds the way through. There's still I want, there's still some more random relevant comments need to happen.
5: I feel joy to have Elizabeth in the
8: same space with me right now.
7: Oh, I feel joy about that also. Uh,
8: I feel yeah. fear
4: that I will have also a random conversation
7: in the I'll put it in so we can see everybody. But...
3: Mm-hmm. I wonder who's the, if there's a leader or not.
8: I feel scared that I'm going to be the one person to say the stupid thing that everyone
9: hears some have <laughs> <Yeah,
6: laughs> <yes. laughs> actually being heard.
3: I get a little overwhelmed with the sense that voices are overlapping. That that makes me feel like some anxiety.
8: I sense how this space is changing
5: as people are Put putting their random comments in. And it's beautiful to to sense that your space.
3: <clears throat> I feel fear because I have nothing to say.
0: <laughs> Anyone who hasn't spoken, could you just give us a couple words? Leslie, I feel I feel so fear tired.
8: about the fires and finding a safe place Not
7: to I'm excited yeah. to be here, and I'm oh, frustrated I'm that I can't get this to open I'm on my, my <laughs> computer. So I'm on the phone, I'm and it's compressed. But I'm here. I
9: mm. feel calmness by being back in this space.
6: Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm happy here. to see you uh,
2: all. See all, talking faces.
9: Hi, I'm Rüdiger. I'm in my studio in. Switzerland, that I'm just terminating, it makes me feel sad.
10: Oh. I just shopped for more than 20 people for five days and I'm starving. <laughs>
6: <laughs> I'm, I'm amazed about
5: what can I do in three minutes to get here. And I feel twice the call. I've been hearing the calls from the radio and... Today, after trainer path i can be here with you because i'm still in germany so i'm very glad i'm here
8: i feel sad that we're not all together
11: mm. Mm. i feel glad to see people that i haven't seen in a long time
3: i'm cassandra and i feel joy all over my body
6: I had last night about having a total mess with a man, and I'm just blissed with that.
12: I feel joy because I just read a really heartfelt heartfelt letter from my brother.
1: Oh. <coughs> I feel glad remembering how much I was looking forward to being in this call and being here now. I read the Ps of the Distinctionary and felt joy finding essential things I can actually share with my father.
6: Thank
0: you. Thank you for speaking out. Random, relevant comments. How about if we turn the microphone off then to avoid background sounds? And I'm asking if, I I think in particular the last two study groups that we've had together have been significant in terms of journeying together in this space into territories that are can be can be difficult that can be painful or can be regarded as something to be avoided and we've just gone straight into those places and and that's two at least two weeks in a row maybe three and who knows where we're going today But I just I'd I'd like to check in. Is anybody anybody have any comments about that? Is that how it's going to integrating the this is is a bizarre, intense, simultaneous experience of rather personal intimacy with people who you may have never seen before in person. All around the world, in this space here, the comments the things we 've been sharing that in combination with being confronted with these very specific details about our sh- our unconscious behaviors, our survival strategy level, our survival level actions and this is a this is a huge uh, it 's not really a conflict but you don 't it 's like mixing tornadoes and water painting together or or it's like mixing two very different formats together so how how are you doing with integrating that or or i don't actually i'd rather that you did not integrate it how are you doing with juggling at least two balls in the air at the same time any anybody want to share anything about that how it's going
7: i'd like to share Um, It's frustratingly easy to slip back into my normal mode of going about the world. Um, And what I've been doing to try to like stay in this space is reading um, Judith Butler. Um, And something I also need to do but I'm kind of scared to do is just like sit with, like unpack the feelings from inside and just sit with them. but yeah, that's painful. So I'm scared to do that.
6: Thank you.
0: I can't see everybody, but okay, Naomi, go ahead. I saw your hand up just there.
1: Um, hello. Well, it, it makes me feel like I lead two lives at least sometimes. The life that I have with people online and the depth and the ease and the speed um, that I experience with that, and how my how i 'm being welcomed in what I want to contribute um, and then my non digital surroundings um, that I experience more slow and that I cannot say things. Um, And it it makes, yeah, it's like an interesting tension to be in between these things and and juggle with them, as you said. And it it makes me deal with this question all the time. So do I want to change my circumstances or do I want to change my attitude? I keep being in that question and it also makes feelings of like fear and isolation and depression and things come up. And then I just like, well, work with these and see how it goes. But yeah, so is it? Oh, if I would change something on my on my inside, am I going to enjoy my actual circumstances here more, or should I just get away? Or yeah, that's how I'm playing with it.
0: Thank you, Naomi. I want to offer you and perhaps others a, a third alternative as to as to how to work with that one. And in what the alternative I would offer you is to shift identity is to shift mm-hmm. your self-story, shift the explanation that you have to yourself about what you're doing here, or what, who you are here. And in this case, uh, you, could identi- you, could in, mm-hmm. you could identify yourself as an intimacy navigator. You could identify yourself as a possibilitator, somebody who's going into situations, whether it doesn't matter <laughs> what shape they are at all, your purpose is to create possibility, or if there's too much possibility, pass it on to somebody else. So that would give you a, a third alternative rather than, rather than, can you name the other two that you said in short? Uh,
1: changing my attitude. Yeah. Or changing situations.
0: So if you, this is a catalytical third force is changing your, point of origin. We have an amazing, pretty amazing website. I think it's pretty good setups called point of origin. And it has, uh, may not be finished, but it has great information about what we're talking about in terms of where you come from as a self image, because that's, we relate. We're so accustomed to people calling us by our name and by having this habit of trying to conform to whoever we were with people The last time we saw them Let's try to dock on to try Mm -hmm. to keep a, to try to keep a continuous, continue contiguous. It's consistent. And another thing. It's like a, a, a continuity, a continuum. We try to keep a continuum with in our relationship with different people. So we were, it's an uncanny skill that we have. It's a powerful uncanny skill to shift into who we were being with a particular person it's almost it's pretty unconscious for us, but it's very powerful and so our ordinary way is to be who we are always being with this person and then being who we're always being with that person, and to try to package ourselves to be who we are always being in the world and yet and so if you shift that if you get off the if you if you if you stop being the the mirror of the situation, if you stop instead of orienting yourself to the outside, you orient yourself from the inside, but from an interesting point of origin, which in this case would be a new a different identity, maybe than your normal thing. So instead of me calling myself Clinton Callahan, I call myself a possibilitator, and then then I, the whole Clinton Callahan thing. For a while, it's going well. What do I do? You know, what? What am I? Where is my? I don't have a grip on on. You know, all my whole life. You know, my story. My story about myself. When I, You know, and then. But but then something. A new thing opens up in the space out of the gap, which is you have suddenly possibilitator skills, or you have suddenly relationship relationship or uh, intimacy navigation skills, or like you have a different set of skills that start developing that apply almost universally. And this mm-hmm. is, God, it's so it kind of, it, uh, you know, we drive ourselves neurotic trying to shift into all these identities we have with each of the different people that we're with to try to make them happy. And mm-hmm. and then, you know, or at least a, not so much conflict anyway, or at least the kind of conflict our gremlin likes to have with those people. And then, or... <laughs> Or we can, we can, we can show up as a, a, a particular identity, which, in eventually, as we move through the Radiant Joy, Brilliant Love book, uh, it, it will become more adult in the middle, in the in the extraordinary section, which is the middle of the book, where we are not there yet, and in the archetypal section, it will become more extraordinary and then archetypal to have your point of origin in a place where the universe can almost count on you being that it can the universe starts relying on you being that thing rather than being your personality or being an adaptive um, uh, reflection of the environment around you like a chameleon almost adapting into the environment around you and when you when the universe starts seeing that your consistency through identifying the, the parts that try to grab you and suck you into some story about yourself or the world or the people in the world or what you have to do to survive in a world like this with people like them. This is the, this is the trigger stuff when you stop doing that and you actually start showing up as a possibilitator or a, a intimacy navigator or um, somebody have other, a couple, two or three other identities. Is anybody doing this experiment? Do you have an identity that you've been using? Can you say that? A game world builder. Game world builder. Thank you. Somebody else. Experimenter. Yeah, experimenter. This is a fantastic walk into your circumstances, as and your or your or your personal experience, whatever. Walk into that as an experimenter, and you have a whole new point of origin. Doris. you must Do be a, you. you must be a buddhist
12: i'm i'm always thinking about what you said something different than than what i'm doing right now is possible and then just thinking about it makes something opening and to experiment to try something different try something different
0: try so who you are is a, a try something differenter <laughs>
6: Um magic. It's it's it has to do with magic.
0: Okay. Thank you. Somebody else have one? I'm Arthur. trying
9: it. I'm trying a new experiment called Claritator. A claritator. Who, who said that? I did. Pontus
0: did. Uh, Pontus, hi. I did, couldn't see the little yellow, the, the uh, yellow stuff around you. Thank you.
3: Would accelerator work because I've used that years ago.
0: Accelerator, I would suggest, would feed a neurotic, a neurotic uh, activity. I was just talking with Cornelius Butz, who's a trainer in possibility management, about that. And he, he used to go so fast. He used to move fast and accelerate things. And he found that he was missing out on love, for example. And he decided rather than, instead of making fast moves, he would make graceful moves and beautiful moves. Mm. So he shifted into graceful and beautiful. Mark. Um, This will be a shift. I wanted to catch my gremlin twice now. Once when I spoke up, when you were trying to find continuum, and a second time when I answered first when you
7: offered suggestions or requested uh, alternatives.
0: Thank you. Yeah, all right. So I think you get the idea for experiments to try. Does anybody need to say anything else right now before we start diving into the book? Yes. I do. Annie.
11: All right. So. Uh, I wanted Did to bounce off uh, the, the, yeah, the titles that I had carried or uh, catalyst and permissionary.
0: <laughs> permissionary. Thank you.
11: Permissionary. Gabriel, I give, yeah.
7: I, I shift into the identity of just of a space holder.
0: Thank you. Do you, do you know a space holder for anything in particular? Or is it a clear space?
7: Just a clear space and I'm the person holding it. Yeah. Or also holding it.
0: Thank you, is there somebody else? Naomi, you had I your hand wanted,
1: up. Yeah, I just wanted to ask a question about this. Go ahead. Of, Maybe it's just me having to do an emotional process or, or something or gremlin, something like, you're not allowed to change people. Um, if I go into some identity, I'm going to want to change my environment and that's not going to work. That's the, the thing that comes up if I try and like, if I wanna be something or, yeah.
0: All right, you're, you're, you're working on that. You're checking it out. Okay. okay. Thank you.
10: Can I say something about that? Go ahead. I think it has to do with purpose. And I I just wanted to mention that a a woman who was in the training last week had a similar thing than you know me about changing people, which is this fear of manipulation, which is a great fear to have in terms of shadow purpose, because uh, manipulation, you don't get to have people who are themselves, you get to have people who are what you want them to be. However, there could be a different purpose which would be to not accept that the story that people have about themselves that they are their box. Most people walk in the world thinking that they are their box. And you say I don't believe you. I'm not buying that story. And something else is possible. I will open doors. I will paint doors. Maybe you'll go through them, maybe you won't. Usually I open two doors. And I say, I've opened two doors for you for something else. I'm going to open a third one. If you don't, if you won't go through it, then that that would be it for right now. I will stop opening doors. Because more than that would be manipulation. More than that, you will try to force them. And it's great to say it, to say what you're doing. Two doors and then you say it. They don't go through. You say, okay, thank you very much. And we can talk about the weather for five minutes." On- you know, until I go do something else with my life. But that would be a different purpose of not buying into people's survival story. Thank you.
6: Great, thank you.
0: I'm reading from page 61, which is in in the, we've just read, the two sections about ordinary man and ordinary woman. This section is called Establishing Another Way. Here we go. Women in a patriarchy do not have to grow up because there are no men in the patriarchy to demand that of them. Men's attention is involved in power politics, money making, sports, consumer sex. How many can I get? So women do not receive the special attention required to shift into who they can potentially become as adult women. There is a deep broken heartedness about this lack of opportunity to grow into the vastness of true womanhood rather than feeling the sorrow of this loss and using the wisdom of this pain to behave outside of the restraints of the patriarchy women tend to continue blaming men and through this behavior prove themselves to be just as committed to supporting the patriarchy as the men are. Both women and men may regularly play into one or more of the survival strategies mentioned above in the last two sections. Along your path of development, there may come a time when you are ready to find another way of interacting, That permits you to more intimately enter the delicate moments of life. And at this point, I would even not just enter them, but to create them and enter them. Shifting strategy is possible, but far more complex of a process than just thinking about it. The complication comes from recognizing that your strategies were adopted long ago, perhaps even in childhood. And all the while, from then until now, you have found real examples in your life to serve as evidence to support the validity and necessity of maintaining your particular strategies. Your collection of evidence is so irrefutable that by now you have come to accept that your stories are not creative interpretations. Rather, they are the truth. Unwinding your self-made puzzle involves your mind, your body, your heart, your energetic body, and your archetypal body in a seven-step procedure that usually goes something like this. Your first step is to experientially discover that just behind your strategy and continuously propelling it forward is an internal Feeling such as anger, sadness, or fear, or the mixed emotions. When you detect which feeling it is that drives the words and actions of your strategy, that shifts your attention from focusing on the strategy to focusing on the feeling. This is this. This would be the first step. Develop this as a habit. So the first step is simply when you start noticing this behavior coming up it's 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 driven by a feeling and instead of being shi- shift instead of having your attention focused on the behavior and trying to perform this behavior shift it into focusing on which feeling it is which, which what are you feeling your second step is to decide to trust the feeling on its own merit now at this point in the book i we haven't distinguished the difference between feelings and emotions, which is huge. So I'm going to just keep reading the book now, but keep in mind that what you're feeling, although it feels the same, could be either a feeling or an emotion. And we'll get to that part. But your second step is to decide to trust the feeling on its own merit, as if it had a message to deliver to you or a journey to take you on. So, So to do that, you have to contradict modern culture's thoughtware about feelings, which is that feelings are bad or feelings are dangerous or feelings are for children, these kinds of ideas from modern culture. So just to do this second step to, to trust your own feeling experience, you're contradicting a huge amount of momentum in your environment. The journey may be like a roller coaster ride. But it is a true journey nonetheless, starting where you are now and ending at the place of origin of the strategy, meaning that this implies that the place of origin of your survival strategy behavior is a feeling. Set aside time to trust the feeling and let it lead you to its source. This is so powerful. This is so, I just want to tell you a story. We've just wrapped up five days of a trainer path lab here in German, in Northern Germany. Some of the people in the lab are on the call right now. Will you put your hand up. If you are at the lab, just put your hands up so people can see who the guilty ones are. All right. So we we've been on this roller coaster, exactly this roller coaster. And we, we did an amazing thing in this lab. You know, we're, we're come together to train, to help, help each other move through whatever blocks, whatever issues, whatever's in the way of becoming a trainer. And so we've used a device called the Purple Card. So the Purple Card, gosh, it looks blue on here. Leslie has a purple sweater that she's covering up right now, but in in the light over here, this is really a purple card. You hold up the Purple Card, when you detect that another person in your team having an emotional reaction and not just a feeling so that it helps them make this distinction between feelings and emotions and immediately when you see three or four or five from car purple cards from your friend go up in your team you just go okay i need an emotional healing process will you and you take me into the next room take me through this process and then there's this this website called process that has a really clear instructions how to do that and and then you come back into the training space and you know maybe 10 minutes later you you go i need another you have another purple card again you know you hold it up again it's go, okay back out there so we've just been doing this for 5 days and nights together and it was fantastic we had five different stations set up in different parts of the room one was in the cellar one was nearly in the attic you know two of them were in the living room in different places so anyway we and we're all going at the same time i mean Saturday night, it was so intense. It was so loud, even with every single window shut on Saturday night. And we're we're hundreds of meters away from any other house around here. Saturday night at like 1030 or 11 o'clock at night, the police knock on the door. These two guys come and they go, or the police, we want to see if everything's all right here. And so Sophia Magdalena, she was our hero. She comes up and so she goes, oh yes, we're we're doing a theater practice class. We're trying to express our emotions to a high degree and gain some, build our emotional expression skills. And so he goes, oh, that sounds really great. Anyway, so they didn't arrest anybody, but they would have if we were not polite about it. But it, you know, it's a good thing that they came. We decided next time before we do this, we'll call up the police station and say, our theater class is happening again. So if you get some calls, you know up here on, on this on this street we're it's because we're doing the theater practice so we like policemen uh yes so decide you know so it's a roller coaster ride and it's a true journey nonetheless starting where you are now and ending at the place of origin of this this um, a mechanical survival strategy that's a survival strategy that is that is It's really undermining your life. It's undermining your intimacy. It's undermining your relationships. It's undermining your your possibilities. It's 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 a mechanical survival behavior and you follow it back to the origin of the strategy. Set aside time to trust this feeling and let it lead you to its source. This may occur stepwise over a period of weeks or months. And what we found actually is that these processes have layers they have three or four layers usually. So you go through one layer and then, and then the same, there's reactivity comes up again, do it again and take it through the next layer when you get, because sometimes you'll do a healing an emotional healing process, but things don't really change in your life. Did anybody ever have that? So then you go, Oh, it didn't work. Or I, I can't I can't be healed or something. But what we what we found is if you go down three, four, five layers with that one thing, it will change. We've seen people change. These people that you see on the screen who put up their hand, they are not the same people who they were five days ago. It was amazing to watch people's faces change, their hearts change shape, their beings have new, they stretch out like an amoeba in different shapes, and they they don't get hooked by the same things. They ask more dangerous questions. They're more, they take more responsibility. It's in the space, you know, you, we can notice those things. When you're living together, you see how well somebody washes the frying pan or how, how well they clean up the counter after they have water and grease all over it or, you know, you know all those things. We see those things and it's, it's by, the end of the, we, by the end of the week, we did a, a whiz bang cleanup in our space to make it ready for the next uh, training that's us again happening in two days. And, and we, it was Sunday night, Sunday afternoon, the space was cleaned up. We would come back into the, the whole dining room kitchen area and we go, whoa, this space is cleaned up. There were, there were, it felt like some wizards were at work. Somebody added magical energy to the space, Drala. Drala is a Tibetan word that means magical energy. We walked in and we just all stopped, we stood there, and Chloe and I were looking at each other, going, we, we, can't, use, we can't even use the sink. This thing is purified. So you know you would think that we would be exhausted after five days of ongoing roller coaster emotional healing processes, but look at those shining faces. Look at, look at those beaming smiles. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's um, So that's what this is talking about. The seven-step process is about going through the roller coaster ride, grabbing a couple people from the team. How many people have done that on here? Have you 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 notice you're in emotional reaction? You call up a couple people and you go through a process. Will you put your hand up? How many people have done that? Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yes. So keep going. This is the team. This is what we're doing here. Okay. All right. So it occurs stepwise over or over a period of weeks or months or can occur more immediately in the company of skilled guides, and the more you do this, the more skill you get. The way to let the feeling lead you will be to permit the feeling to get bigger and bigger until it is loud or tearful or full of shouts or shakes or and but there's two rules just to be clear about this: don't hurt yourself and don't hurt anybody else. These are two rules so Uh, You can put your hands behind your back or grab a towel or whatever like that. Don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt anybody else. Let it get bigger. Until, Until it brings you into contact with one or more of the times before now when you were experiencing this same feeling, but probably suppressed it. You probably were not allowed to be that loud. You probably put it away. You probably were afraid of it or afraid of what it would do, and you put it away. Your fear was too big, your anger was too big, you put it away. But if you follow it back now in a safe place with a partner for the purpose of an emotional healing process, that's what you need to do is go back to that thing. Do not hurt yourself in this process and do not hurt anything else. We just talked about that. When you arrive at a memory of a time before now where you experience the same feeling that is driving your defense strategy, Notice what was happening at that time. Decide if it is the first time you experienced this feeling or if there was another incident even previous to then when you actually adopted your strategy. Keep following the feeling further and further and further back until you arrive at the most dramatic memory of whatever was happening to you when you were having that feeling. In that experience, you made some decisions. Your third step is to clarify the decision or decisions that you made in those dramatic moments. And usually these decisions are survival decisions. They are decisions, they're a strategy for how to survive. And it's, it's, every one of us did this. We all did this, everybody did this and that's how we survived we we came up with a strategy for surviving so there's no good or bad strategy for survival because they're all oriented towards survival however surviving is noble putting the efforts into taking care of yourself enough to survive is a noble thing to do it gives it is uh, something actually nobody else can do for you and it is you taking a stand that your life is important you're, you taking this stand? If you survived, you've taken a stand that your life, that your task in life, like what you came here to do, is important. You've decided. You've and so when you come up with a survival strategy for how to survive no matter what, I mean, I'll tell you this kind of gruesome story about a, a science fiction author. I'll think of his name perhaps, but he was. This was. He was a. He was captured in a, an, uh, a German prisoner of war camp in World War II. And and he knew he had to survive. And there's no way out of there, you know, and there's starving people and it's cold or there's guns all over the place and barbed wire and people are dying here and being killed there and lots of them. And he's, he's, it looks like he's powerless and it, he was And he, but his commitment was, I have to live. I have to get out of here. I need to get out of here. I have to find, I have to, I have to live. This is what you've done. Each one of you have done this. There's plenty of times you could have given up. There's plenty of times you could have accidentally crashed your car or fallen off something or taken some wrong medicine or whatever. There's plenty of times you could have done that. And then you did it. So you like, he's standing there. I need to survive. I need to make it through. I need to get out of here. And so it was, it was on, an, on the afternoon, late in the afternoon, he's standing there. And he's standing next to a truckload of dead bodies, naked, dead bodies. You know, the, the German, they would strip the clothes off and use it for making blankets with the clothes. Or I don't know what they were doing, but it's gruesome. But he's standing there next to this truck of dead, naked bodies and he rips his clothes off. He looks, he sees nobody's looking right at that moment. He takes his clothes off, shoves them under some boards and jumps and buries himself into the bodies. Four or five hours later, somebody gets in the truck, drives through the gate, dumps all the bodies into a hole. He falls into the hole with all these bodies, it's dark. He gets out, he runs 50 miles. He like runs, I think it's something like 50, well, 50 50 kilometers, it's 25 miles to the border and, and goes across the border. There was no fence there. It just goes across into France. And he lived and he, he wrote amazing stories, science fiction stories, an incredible author. And so, so you did that. You did that, you, in some, whatever you, you did whatever you needed to do to survive. And most of the time it was nonlinear. Most of the time your strategy, some people copy their parents' strategy, How many people copied your parents' strategy for surviving? Looks like about two-thirds, something like two-thirds. Yeah, so, yeah, it works. So, okay, your third step is to clarify the decision or decisions that you made in those dramatic moments. Often in such intense circumstances, the decision will feel and function more like a vow. It's like a promise that you make to the world, a stand that you take for yourself, a commitment. It feels like a vow, something like, I will never do this again, whatever that is, or I will always do this again. I will always be good. I will never trust men or women again. I will never take a position of power because I'll be attacked again. No one or no one is there to take care of me. So I must forever take care of myself. Or this was so unspeakably horrible that no matter what else happens, I dedicate my life to getting revenge. So, so does anybody have another one they want to add to that? Some, some decision that you know that you made, a vow that you took, that, that carried you through, The vow carried you through. Does anybody have one they, they're thinking about right now would like to say it?
9: Uh, can I go, Clinton? Go ahead. Just... So I uh, discovered during one of these processes that uh, when my parents left me at home one day when I was a kid and they went to this uh, show or whatever they left like a buzzer thing that i'm gonna ring and then they come back when they left and they left me home i decided that my parents don't love me and i discovered that in the in the process and i i had no idea that i decided that it was totally unconscious until now until the process i barely remember the day like i vaguely remember the day but when i went through the process i I felt like, like the, all the sadness and fear I had. And I remember in that decision, I could change it. The decision that my parents don't love me, or in other words, I'm not worthy of love.
0: Thank you. Mm-hmm. So even from that example from Dor, it's, it's so clear how big these decisions are. I'm not worthy of love. It's a huge life-changing decision. The thing about decisions, these vow, the vow level decisions, the, this where you take a stand about yourself and the world, the thing about those decisions is that once we make them, we get accustomed to living within them. We forget that we made the decision. We We step into the world that the decision creates, and then we behave as if it is so. And when, when we think it is like that, we forget that we make the decision, but the decision keeps doing its work. The decision itself keeps making, keeps doing its work. So, so this, so this can be years later. It can actually be lifetimes later, but it's like the decisions that we make do their work the amazing thing about feelings and these big emotions, this seven step process is that we can find what the decisions are. So even if you forgot, even if it was another lifetime, even if it was, it was so long ago that you were even in your mother's belly or you were one year old or something like that, or you have no memory of the, up until you were six years old or something that memory is still doing that decision is still doing its work. When you follow the feelings back, you find the source of it and you can make a new decision, just like Dora was saying. So we're still on the third step. The third step is extract from your experience during the, your memories and the experience of these big emotions, the two or three core decisions that you made, you write them down. Or if you're working with a partner, they write it down for you in your, in your beat book, if, if they can, or they send it to you. These decisions are about yourself, about other people, or about how you will survive in a world like this with people like them. Your fourth step is to ask yourself if these old decisions are still influencing your life today. Not surprisingly, and at the same time surprisingly, the answer will be a definite and extensive yes these decisions are still influencing your life today. They are formatory. They are causative. These old decisions are formatory and causative, and they shape everything about what's possible for you. The way you can show up, what kind of job you can have, what part of town you live on, how much rent you can pay, what kind of partner you can have, what kind of boss you have, what kind of neighbors you have, how you relate to People of the same sex, of opposite sex, of people of lower status than you, people of higher status than you. It's all shaped by these decisions. So the answer is yes. These old decisions are still influencing your life today, mostly out of your awareness. You just didn't know it. So, and then it helps really a lot to think of specific examples where these old decisions are influencing your life. Yes, you know, it happened with this. I just lost my job. I just got a fantastic job. I, I can only, I can only uh, have, live in this part of town. I can only pay 600 rent uh, a month. I, I can't eat in five-star restaurants. I can only eat in five-star restaurants. Like whatever, whatever these decisions are, they are formatory. And, it's, and we without doing this work, without being in a team like this, without reflecting and noticing where, these, where this behavior comes from, we will be just stuck there. And it, 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 in a way, that's okay, because you survived. You get that? Most people who survive keep doing the same old behavior because they survived. And then, for the rest of their life, they get to survive. So most people you know in your life are surviving. And that is the extent of their human experience, is they get to survive. And so, in terms of the genetic need, that's enough. You know, after you have exceeded your procreation date, you can just become compost, and that that will be fine. You know, physical compost, actually, for the trees. So, there's no problem genetically with that. However, in terms of consciousness, it's a problem, because the background purpose in the universe, this drive for the evolution of consciousness, for the awareness of more awareness, this drive gets blocked by those old decisions. You get trapped, your, your being, the thing in you that can evolve gets constricted by these old decisions and you're forced to hold a shape that is, it is defended. And this, this we'll talk about it later. But we call this your box. But you're forced to conform and and to be restricted to the space that's built that is in the inside of your box. And that space is not enough for you to evolve in. You need expanding space to evolve in. And so, when this this little procedure of following your feelings back, discovering your old decisions noticing that they still influence your life today is huge. It is a huge process. It's a transformational process. When you think of specific ways that these old decisions are shaping your life, it becomes more and more obvious. It's shockingly obvious. Your fifth step is to ask yourself if you would like to make a new decision. This is a, this question is an empowerment question, because it gives you the choice of saying no. No, I'm not ready to make a new decision. That might be the most intelligent answer to the question. Are you ready to make a new decision? Yet, saying no is, I remember doing this at least once, maybe a couple of times, in a very big process, in a training space, coming upon A huge behavior pattern that I had that was based on these old decisions about not being able to tell the truth, not being able to speak in radical honesty. It was forbidden for me. And so would I like to change that? My answer was no, because I needed to I needed to I needed to find a different way to be me in an environment that would not allow me to be me in a way I had to lie to be me in that environment. And so, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stop deceiving the world. I'm not going to stop hiding. I'm not going to stop sneaking. I wasn't ready to change my mind that sneaking is the way to survive. And about a year and two or three months after that click, something happened in me. I had, I had, obtained the possibility of establishing a life space where I could authentically reveal all the shit about myself, like all the shit that I wanted, everything I wanted, everything I didn't want, I could unfold that and deliver it in this space. And people still reacted. They still reacted what, however they reacted. And that was okay with me. It wasn't my problem anymore somehow. Something happened. And so, a year and two months after that, I went into the process again. The same process, got back to the same point, and I said, "Yes, I am ready to change my mind about this whole decision." And it was a turning point in my life, as it will be for you. Each one of those blocks, that each one of those decisions that you discover, is a is a turning point. It's a doorway. It's a um, an exit from the autobahn into new territory. So so it's not a good bad right wrong better worse question it's what do you want it's what experiment do you want to do next it's where do you want to explore next and when you when you use your feelings to go discover these old decisions and then face the radical responsibility of deciding yes i want to change no i don't want to change that that option is huge that's a possibility and it's huge and it does there's no rule about it if you discover an old decision that cramps you up and makes you into a a crippled uh, semi-invisible self-hating self-destructive creature it doesn't mean you need to change your mind about that but what you get is the option of that if you don't know when and how you and why you made the old decision you don't have the option you don't even have the option you don't have the choice so what you get from doing this work with each other is choice it's in it's it's the one of the most valuable things that you can create for each other you know people we've been having discussions lately about next culture currency you know this this Matriarchy, patriarchy, archiarchy. So the currency in patriarchy is euros, dollars, bitcoin, whatever. Some numbers in some computer, and that's that's the currency. And people will say, "Well, what's the currency in next culture?" And and the and they they'd say, "Well, you have a computer, you know. You you, you have a book. Where did you get the book? You paid a book from Amazon, and you have to pay the price of the book and the price of the shipping, and it has so many euros." So how how are you paying for, what is the currency in next culture? And one of the, there are many currencies in next culture. Isn't just one, there is no exchange rate in the currencies of next culture. They each have their own value. And the, one of the values is options. Having a new personal transformational option, that is currency. And when you are able to create that for each other and for other people, it is a an, uh, really an unlimited bank account you can go anywhere in the world provide new options for people and you will get room and board and transportation and clothes and entertainment and you you will there is the value you provide the value and the exchange is so huge for people that the it's an automatic exchange to provide new options and that's only one of hundreds of currencies in next culture is to be able to provide a new option a new choice that a person could have that they did not have before that is a huge value and that's one of the currencies in next culture and so um yeah this is a very cool thing your fifth step is to ask yourself if you would like to make a new decision have you been a good boy long enough Have you been a nice girl long enough? Have you obeyed external authority figures long enough in a survival attitude? You know, because you you survive, you follow and obey external authority because then you survive. Have you done that long enough? Where are you? Have you done it? Do you want to step into a new world? You know, these are big decisions. Have you done it long enough? Have you carried out your revenge long enough? You know, when you do your revenge, all you get as a reward is dead bodies. And I don't mean just physically dead, but emotionally dead, possibility-wise dead, aliveness dead, your creativity dead. This is what you get with revenge, you get isolation and dead bodies. So have you done your revenge thing long enough? Have you done your perfectionism thing long enough? Trying to be perfect. Have you beaten yourself up long enough? Have you hated yourself long enough? Have you stayed alone and neurotically independent long enough? Have you done Have you stayed neurotically alone and and independent long enough? Are you ready to drop the warfare? For a not so certain, are you are you ready to drop the certain warfare for a not so certain vulnerability that includes the possibility of more refined levels of relationship? Listen more to your body. When you ask yourself this question, are you ready? Listen more to your body, your heart, your soul, than to your mind for an answer. You know, to decide if you're ready to change your mind about the decision. Really listen to your your bodies, not just your mind. It isn't a logical decision. It's not reasonable. It's not a reasonable decision. You can't add up uh, the reasons for plus reasons and minus reasons about whether or not you should change your mind about this decision. You you need to really. It's it's more instinctual. It's more um, commissioned. It's more Deliberate. It's it has to do with uh it's more multidimensional than just a logical reason for changing your mind about it. So whatever answer you get from your bodies, whatever answer you get, you should should I change my mind or not about this old decision, whatever answer you get, respect it. The answer is not guaranteed to be yes. You may not be quite ready yet, but if you have successfully derived this much clarity about what has been going on for you, it is probably confirmation that deep inside, you have already decided to make a shift. If your answer is no, skip to step seven. If your answer is yes, you are step six. I wanna mention a condition that is, yes, I programmed computers for a while. I wanna mention a condition that is Sometimes the case, and it sounds weird, I'm going to use vocabulary that sounds weird, but it is sometimes the case that you, in in a stressful situation, in a dire situation, signed a contract
6: with an unconscious force,
0: thinking that In exchange for your loyalty or your service to that force, you would get power, some kind of power. There's this, it's a contract. And I just want you to know that that thing can still actually be influencing your life today. You may have signed a contract. And at the bottom of these contracts, it always says forever. You have to do this forever. So you usually sign it in blood or something like that. It's, I'm not trying to be dramatic. I mean, this this stuff actually inhabits us. And so if it comes to the point where you become conscious of having a contract, the fact that you are conscious of it is a very big hint that it's over, that it's t- you've done it long enough, that you have served it long enough. so there's a pretty straightforward procedure for ending a contract. And I, I just wanted to, I don't know who I'm talking to out here, but any one of the most of the people who put their hand up, who are here in the trainer path lab can run you through the process of terminating a contract and it doesn't take so long. And it's, it just makes this deep change in your relationship to everything. And and so it's great if you get to the point where you say, gosh, you know, if you have all this hatred going on or this revenge stuff going on or this uh, conniving, strategizing, backstabbing, and it doesn't make sense to you. It's like it's this, but you feel it going on inside for no reason, like it's just this this, this dark part of yourself that's kind of churning around inside of you and it comes out with growl sounds sometimes, or I don't know, something like that. It's probably a contract thing. And so I just want you to know that that's easy to handle. It's like a straightforward procedure because by the time you're aware of it, it's, it's, you've done it long enough. All right. So if your answer is yes, I'm ready to change the decision. Your sixth step is to define what a new decision or decisions might be what specific decisions would empower you so these decisions are not contrary they're not the opposite of the old decisions this is the little tricky part the you can't just say okay uh yeah i have to i have to beat myself up i have to basically kill myself or before other people kill me it's like I have to beat myself up enough. So the opposite decision, you might think, well, I I'm going to I'm going to love myself. That you see how that would be the opposite kind of decision. That doesn't really work with these. That would be more like positive thinking, affirmation, technology, and we've discovered it just doesn't really work. It, the, then you're still at the level of the mind. Then you have this yes-no war, this mind battle going on between. You know, I'm going to love myself, I'm going to hate myself, I'm going to love myself, I'm going to hate myself like that. Did anybody ever find themselves in this kind of a mind, mind battle thing? So what we found is, and I won't be able to explain it thoroughly here, but it's what we found is that the, the appropriate and most powerful kinds of new decisions that you can make, that actually annihilate the domain in which the old decision functions, is to go nonlinear. So your new your new decision is is a nonlinear shift that takes you out of the space in which the old decision functions, and so that can be something like we spoke about earlier, which is a shift of identity, like what you are. So you 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 be I am. Um, so if if you were, for example, I, I have to disempower myself. Because I would be too powerful, or I will be killed. So I have to disempower. I have to disempower myself before other people have to crush me. Something like that. Then instead of saying, "Okay, now I'm going to power up," you know, I'm going to be powerful or something like that. You could choose. Uh, I'm. I'm an agent of transformation. I'm a service. I'm. I'm. A possib- a, a, a I have provide the service of generating possibility. I, I make a difference through committing to other people's commitments. When, when they seem great, I commit to other people's commitments. And I'm a, I'm a committer. I'm, I'm a stand taker. So, I mean, I, this could, I could go on, but it doesn't necessarily apply to your situation. There's no key to this. So it's a, it's a, it's a, a magical act to come up with the nonlinear new decision and you have the resources for that. Your team, when you get together, you discover your old decision. You discover you want to change your old decision. Okay. What new decision would you make? Don't do the linear thing. It's not going to help you go for something nonlinear as an experiment. And what's cool about this is if you make a new decision, it's not working out, go into the process again and make a different new decision. You can do this. It's called a do-over. You can do it over. There's no limit, actually, to amount of of times you can do these do-overs, which is a a fantastic possibility. Let's have a do-over. So this is the sixth step, is um, what specific new decisions would empower you? For example, with regard to being good, one possible new decision could be I break the rules about being good and I take responsibility for the consequences of being myself. So instead of, instead of being bad, you know, like I'm good. So now I'm going to be bad. Now I have to break rules. Something like that it's, it's I, 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 I become myself. I don't even know what that is, but I, I take actions in the name of myself and take actions in the name of what I really am, something like that. For so, so, for example, with regards to trust, you know, there's so much distrust between women and men. It's so many volumes of evidence just that supports reasons why we should distrust. We either distrust women or men, the opposite sex, or we distrust people in our own sex, or we distrust even ourselves to, to even trust anything. We even distrust ourselves to trust anything. So we, we distrust the whole thing about trust. And then you go into this hopeless state or this confused state or this outraged state. So, so one of the ways to work with trust is to make a, dis, a new decision which, which is I trust myself to choose whom to trust and when and how much, and I trust myself to take care of myself around those other people. So if you make a new decision like that, will it always be correct? Will you be perfect in, in choosing who to trust and how much, for example? And the answer is no. You will not be perfect, so so you could almost say, I trust myself to be approximately perfect, or I. The, the point is that if you start trusting yourself to take care of yourself around other people, then new people can be your friends. One time, I I there was this guy I knew in San Diego who was a total scoundrel. He was a he was a renegade. He was a. a He was doing chemicals and drugs and he was growing tropical fruits and he was, uh, um, he would never follow the rules. He would, he would steal stuff and buy black market stuff. Anyway, Anyway, it was very contrary to my good boy box. And yet I, once I figured this out and I was able for him to be my friend. He was really a friend of mine because I could take care of myself around him. When he would invite me to do certain kinds of drugs I would say yes and then he'd invite me to do other like nitrous oxide I remember doing this amazing nitrous oxide journey with him but then he would invite me to do other kind of drugs and I'd just say no and I could take care of myself around him and he was my friend and it was such a cool thing because if I was a good boy anything about drugs was like no <laughs> no like no way it was just not a thing so So this is very powerful as a new decision. With with regard to staying isolated and doing things all by yourself, a new decision could be, I can ask for help and I can let the help in. I can function in a team. I can build a team for myself. I can call up one or two people on this group and ask for help and I can let the help in. This would be a new decision instead of being the lone ranger the lone wolf, the single fighter, the strong person, like the, you figure it out yourself. You have a whole new way when you can build a team. Or with regard to revenge, you can say, I'm, a, I'm, I'm finished with being a slave of revenge and violence. The contract is over. I take my life back and I leave the past in the past. Your seventh step is to write down your old and your new decisions. Oftentimes in this process, we've discovered, and Chloe and I, we've discovered that we don't even do that last step about the new decisions because the shock of discovering the old decisions is so huge and is so valuable that when you discover that you've, for example, dedicated yourself to being a failure in life to get revenge, to prove to the world that your parents were bad parents. When you discover that, it is so huge. These, these decisions are so big. Like, like, the, like Dor said, he says, I am unlovable. When you, when you discover an old decision like that, it's so big that it's the best thing you can do is start living in your old decision with awareness and start noticing what actions, what words empower your old decision? What, how you live your daily life in the shadow of your old decisions. This is so valuable. So you can go two or three months with an old decision, and it's, 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 it's like having a rock in your shoe. So you, you go around for two or three months without taking the rock out of your shoe. You leave it in there. So every time you take a step, it's out. It's a reminding factor and you discover all these dimensions of the ways that old decision is influencing your life and shaping your life and forcing you to do things and blocking you from doing other things. This is so valuable. So don't, don't try to speed up this process of jumping to a new decision so fast, really don't. There's no hurry about this. You know, if it's not sustainable, it's nothing so it's better to have it's better to go through this rather painful process of having this stone in your shoe a pointed rock in your shoe and not taking it out knowing what your old decision was that is completely screwing up your life completely making you not available for connection not available for for being vulnerable not available for being honest not available for being in in a breakdown situation in in the presence of another person you know and living with that day in day out for months and at some point what happens is you just can't do it anymore you 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 will be you'll move into a new way
6: because of the rock in your shoe and it
0: will just move into a new way of of relating and then and that's when you can notice your new decision let's take a Let's take anything. Does anybody have something up we're gonna I'm gonna stop reading for a few minutes what's happening I want to say one thing which is if you do this procedure these seven steps whatever if you do this emotional healing process stuff with with the team it will it will not only unfold your life in a whole new ways which is what the whole book is about this is what this is why we have the study group this is why we're studying this together is to unfold your life in a new way you will be able to help other people unfold their lives in new ways and you can quit your corporate job and be a possibilitator coach and and get in the currency of next culture you will thrive if you can provide these values and this service. So, so anything have, anybody have something they want to say? Habet.
4: Yeah. I want to share something about what you just said about, uh, walking with the stone in your shoe. And I had, a. Process four years ago that was quite similar to a process that I had a few days ago, and I have to say that I that if I look back that that I did not make the new decision in that moment. I'm very, very sad about that, because in that four years I've lost a lot. I mean, uh, I don't know if maybe it was necessary, but yeah it was it was about the decision that i don't trust strangers, that I choose to not trust strangers and it made my life very difficult because there were people reaching out to me and things happening to me where it was about not trusting my family basically or those people I used to trust and the survival strategy kind of didn't allow me to trust anyone else so I was all by myself basically so yeah I don't know I, I I would have liked to speed it more up if I look back yeah thank you
0: thank you
3: I have something to share uh, go, go ahead hi, so I hi. Get, um, yeah, as you are speaking, I was sort of reviewing um, sort of pivotal moments in these sort of psychological contracts I made with life. Um, I think the first one I made, the, one of the first ones I can remember was, if, if, um, and I hope it's not too heavy, but I, was, I, I tried to kill myself when I was 13, and I remember just deciding I'm done with God, just me and God, no more. I'm not doing it um, and it's, you know, uh, but when I look, so, cause I've, cause I've, cause I've, I've, I've gone through several contracts and then those contracts have, I've changed those contracts. But when you, you talk about, you know, replacing it with a different contract, I think when I, I don't know about my present, I, I know I have maybe different choices that I can make with present contracts and probably some investigations do there. Um, and I think that it's an interesting question for me, but in terms of the past and how those contracts finished, I was wanting to mention that there, um, and in terms of how long we have to walk with the stone and how long I had to walk with the pain of certain contracts sort of trailing my, me karmically. And I guess the feeling I have about it is that there's, there was a great, uh, on the one hand, you could, uh, on, from many ways of looking at it, I see that there was a great mysterious quality about when those things fell off Um, that wasn't really a decision. There was no ability. I would have loved to have the kind of will that could have just chosen to drop something at any given time. Because I've generally been a person who's been pretty aware of the patterns, but that awareness of the thing not working doesn't seem to necessarily shift things. So it seems to me sometimes that there's a bigger picture or forces outside of my conscious mind at play that um, result in the timing the sacred timing of things falling away the contracts dissolving that's what my thought was
6: thank you yeah thank
0: you clay when you looked away you didn't you didn't see people doing this when you spoke a number of people were were saying oh that i relate to that i appreciate that thank you for saying that thank you for risking thank you for contributing that to the space you you moved away and looked away so you didn't let that in so pay attention okay because it's, it's also part I of the
3: I suddenly feel like my temperature rising a few degrees. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, everyone.
0: We're not done yet. You don't have to say no. thanks. We sort of okay. do it. You, you let us decide when we're finished. You have to just keep looking. You have to keep looking. Come on. Keep looking. and let Man, it I'm go. really blushing. <laughs> Try to not laugh. Try to not talk. Try to let it in. This is, try to close your mouth, look in the screen, look in people's eyes, yes, that. Let it come in. Try again, Clay. Look in people's eyes, just breathe. That's all you have to do. Keep doing it, you can do this, you need to do this. This is, you've been missing this. Contribute a lot. I think you can contribute a lot to different people. Try to not bite your lips. Biting your lips is blocking a feeling. Let the feeling come up. You really let it come up. Yeah, and then breathe and keep looking back at the screen. Keep breathing it in. You just need, this is nutrition for your being. This is the connection here. This is the team. And you made a big contribution just now. So just let it come in. Keep looking at the screen. Yeah, keep breathing. You can do this. Let it in. Let it go deeper. I can't. <laughs> it's a new skill, Clay. It's a new skill. <laughs> you can learn this. You came here to learn something. You came here to learn something. Learn this. Yeah. Try to not blow it out your mouth. Try to not blow it out. I
3: deflect. I want to deflect.
0: Okay.
5: Okay. Also, and cross your arms.
0: See if okay. you can cross your arms. This is <laughs> okay. So, I'm brave. Yeah, you are brave. That might be a, a useful emotional healing process for you to do with a couple people on the screen. It's just say, could you guys be with me? So I can find out why it's not okay for me to receive appreciation. You just go through the process and find out what's going on about that. It's great. Do you want to do that? Um,
3: I'm sorry. Sure. I don't know exactly. You mean I asked somebody a question about why I can't accept appreciation?
0: This is a yes or no question. Do you want to do oh. that? Or-
3: oh yeah
0: yeah I do I do all right then the way it goes is is there one or two people you get your paper ready you ready to write down yes. are, people who would be willing to be, are willing to be on a an emotional healing process with me about this that's all you have to say are there oh. one or two people who would be willing to be and they will you will talk to them later you, they, five or six people put their hands up. You write their names down. They're all in the in the WhatsApp group, and and then they know how to run the process. Most of those people I see putting their hands up, they're all capable process people. So there you go. So you have to ask the question, though. See, they're all trying to rescue you right now. You didn't even ask the question. So come on, you have to you have to ask.
3: I'm just waiting for you to stop talking. Um, <laughs> is any is there anybody willing to uh, be part of? A process would be like that, maybe later. Okay, I'm writing Nicole, Vera, Pontus, Habit, and Joanna.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you don't need everybody, but just one or two, and you'll work the time out. Because maybe somebody can't be at the right time. Where are you calling from?
3: I'm in Connecticut at
0: the moment. Thank you. Anybody else right now something? Catherine.
8: Hi. So, yes, I just joined the group last week. Um, I'm feeling a little sad and a little shaken when you invited us to look back on where we made decisions, and um, I just... And then I heard the gentleman speak about you know love, feeling unloved by their parents, and the first image I had was um, being around nine nine years old and being touched by a man, a stranger, inappropriately. And instead of making a decision, I hate men. I made a decision. Oh, there we are. I'm going to just change this and go on my computer.
6: The technical world isn't the moving, there we oh, go. i
8: start my video, sorry about that. I had changed over. Whew. Anyway, I had made a decision that instead of hating men that I was here to pleasure them. And I don't know why I made that decision. And maybe in that moment when that man was touching me inappropriately, by finding pleasure and, and, and realizing, oh, this is fun. It gave me, it was like a mission. Like, I'm here to make men feel good. And, and I realized the only reason I ended up in that place was because I didn't feel loved. So, even before that, if I go back, you know, I didn't feel love from my mom and dad. Because if I would have, I wouldn't have gone to strange men. And, um, you know, I'm in a marriage now, and I feel like I've healed a lot of it. But when you brought it up and I just started having that image, I was like, oh, shit, definitely most of my life has been with that belief that I created in that survival moment. And um, yeah, so it's just a just a feeling a little sad and a little shaky.
0: Thank you, Catherine. Do you remember when I said that these things have layers Remember that? It sounds like you're ready to do the next layer of this. So you would do the same exact thing as Clay. You would say, are there a couple people who'd be willing to be with me in an emotional healing process about this? You don't know how it's going to go. You don't know how it's going to turn out. It's not your job. You just ask to go through the next step of this if you want.
8: I do. So is there anyone (laughs) who would be willing to go through this journey with me that knows how to navigate through these types of beliefs or, or or yeah life so i think i'm going to make a note and write down your names of people who are holding their hands and i really appreciate it because i've tried to do this on my own it's not working patricio and let's see another hand michelle
0: five or six hands up i can see you want me to I feel
8: you? very shaky. E- th- I then-y. Then-y. Okay. Uh, Sophia. Etna Etna. Yeah, I realized I didn't spell her name right Ethna and Sophia. <sighs> okay. Thank you. I, oh and Ingrid.. <coughs>
0: Catherine, I'd suggest you also write down Jennifer and Habet, both of those guys. Okay. All right.
8: Thank you.
6: Yeah, okay. thank you. Thank you for your courage and your clarity.
12: I have a question.
0: Phyllis, before you start, just let me make the official announcement that it's just about 730. So if there's people who want to go or need to go right now, because this is officially an hour and a half study group, if you need to go, just sign off. Thanks for being here. It's great to have you here. And I'm glad that you can come and participate and, and give stuff to the group like that. And we will keep going with uh, discussion. I I probably won't read any more out of the book, but we'll just talk about whatever we need to talk about. So thank you. Phyllis.
12: So when I think about uh, decisions that I've made and the rock that is still in my shoe, and as I'm studying more about the gremlin, my gremlin, my gremlins. Um, I I have a question about whether the rock the rocks are about child ego state or gremlin, you know, and what what's the difference there? Because I see my child ego state coming up, and
6: I can see how that's destroying the space. So, so
12: then I want to think, well, it's my gremlin too. And yet, you know, in this discussion that I had, um, yesterday on, uh, Catherine's, um, PM team,
6: it, you know, it sounds like they're different. And so I just need some help with that.
0: And Chloe, you want to go for that one? vera do you want to say something about that or
5: can you can you say can you say how how it expresses how the the you know how how is it expressing in you or is this just an intellectual question no how is it expressing
12: in a lot of different ways. Um, I might get into an argument or I might um, not feel seen. And so I'll speak up, but it's in my child voice and not my adult voice. Um, Yeah, so those are two different rocks, (laughs) two different issues but they're one and the same, you know, as far as child ego state and gremlin.
5: I find that gremlin is also present in the child ego state enmeshment as one of the, it can come up as a strategy to, to go into disempowerment. That's the the research that I've been doing is that there, there, there can be, um, Gremlin, like, especially when it has to do with low drama. And when it's feeding the low drama, feeding the gremlin through the child ego state. Do you know what I mean?
12: No, could you say, could you speak more about that?
5: The the child, a child ego state often feels uh, overwhelmed. Like there's, it's too much. I can't, uh, That's too much. I can't do it. And this is that comes from a victim place and everything or the whole world or you or a particular person or situation is the perpetrator. Yeah. So it, it's still a low, low drama. Yeah. And so it's feeding the gremlin. A low drama is any action or inaction designed to avoid responsibility. And that feeds the gremlin. And so if, if you are if this is a person or a situation that you have usually feel feed your gremlin with and you're you might be start doing other things that could be a strategy used by the gremlin to okay hook in the the child's ego state because you're still hooked on it so to continue to feed low drama there that that's an, a possibility thank you
6: is that,
10: can i add may add something yes the distinction between those ego state the distinction that you're using of ego state is it gremlin or is it child it seems to me that the main purpose is that they have different healing process and this is really why this distinction is important is that when the child ego state comes up with this Uh, little voice or adaptive or needy or uh, really scared or playing small or playing sweet, or those are those are decision that you strategies that you've developed as a child to survive. And, and those healing processes is what we talked about today. Basically going back then taking back your center, um, you know, why was it not okay to speak up? So you might have a decision, you know, it's not okay to speak up. It's not okay to have a voice. It's not okay to think for myself. It's not a, all this stuff. And this is all child ego state. And then the gremlin serves a shadow purpose. And there's no way to heal the shadow purpose. You cannot heal it. You cannot change the decision of, uh, of the gremlin serving its hidden purpose. And so the the healing process for that is to initiate your gremlin and to make the list of the 50 food and say, okay, this, even how many processes I've done about this, it keeps coming up and it has this energy of um, this gremlin energy. So I don't know if you can make the distinction in you between this child where it's a trigger, it's an emotion that's triggered like this little voice scaredy and this gremlin that needs attack and needs, um, it has a particular uh, experience. And this is why we're working not with only uh, intellectual distinction, but five body, because all those distinction have a particular sensation. And that's, it's the sensation that you wanna, you wanna point out, like you wanna take a photo of. It's a sensation. okay is the sensation am, am i in my child or is the sensation am i in my gremlin and the healing process at the moment where you sense okay this is gremlin is sit sit this is not your time that i you know the adult woman wants to be there you sit you are not in the driving seat it's very different from being in a child and saying okay i this is an emotional healing process i need to go do the emotional healing process but That's helpful. yeah the what you would be your homework or your practice would be to distinguish those experience mm-hmm. is it child you know small is it gremlin you know i'm going to yeah
12: well i think the gremlin yeah no i get it now i think the gremlin comes in when i'm protecting that some of the decisions I made in the child ego state, yeah,
10: yeah. So. Okay, so then okay. that's it. You have the child, and then it's possible the gremlin comes over, mm-hmm. and you say, you know, gremlins sit, and then you can be you can be authentic with your old decision. Yeah, you can be authentic yeah. with your old decision. Cool. Thank you. Thank you.
0: That hit home. I want to say two things, and I also want Habet to speak some context about this also. The, the the thing I want to say simply is that it, we've seen it's possible, it's, it's pretty, it's common, it's far more common than we ever thought for your adult ego state to be contaminated by both your child ego state and your gremlin ego state. It's possible to have both. It's even possible to have the parent ego state in there also, all three, and the way that... To, the way to discover that is exactly like, and Chloe was saying, and Vera's been saying, about self-observation, noticing the experience, how it manifests, and then that will the purpose of each one of the manifestations will tell you.
8: Yeah, um, I just uh, placed an order. A friend of mine just got me a boat.
0: Uh, I'm not sure how that fit in with everything, but. Um, it's fascinating nonetheless so so the work of decontaminating your adult ego state is a part of the work of facing into the child stuff and also facing in into the gremlin stuff so it's it's a decontamination process and without that you'll you won't ever we just cannot have access to the archetypal domains until we can Clean up our adult ego state enough.
12: So, would you say that the process to decontaminate can, can de- adult ego state is to
0: self observe one particular behavior? Yeah. Figure out where it belongs. If it's a child behavior, it belongs in the child ego state. If it's a gremlin behavior, it belongs in the gremlin ego state. If it's a parent ego state, it belongs in the parent ego state. Pick one behavior. Use your intention to move that one behavior back into the ego state where it belongs. So let's say you your gremlin ego st- state like your gremlin loves to argue. Let's say, loves to be right, argue, you know, have this energy, and that's gremlin food for you. And you yeah. go, Look, I don't want that in my adult ego state. I want to be able to be adult with no arguing. Then that behavior. Anytime you have to observe yourself, you observe and you'll go, I just argued. Mm -hmm. I was just arguing. I did it again. I was just arguing. Okay? Do not beat yourself up. Keep observing. Next time you think, I'm arguing right now. Right now, my mouth, this energy is in my face, my shoulders, my hands, my voice. It's all arguing. I'm doing it right now. Fantastic. Keep self-observing. And then you'll get to the point where in your self-observation you'll notice I am just about ready to start arguing. And I said we'll start arguing if I keep moving. That is the point where you have a choice. And at that point, you move the behavior with your intention. You go, no, this goes in the gremlin ego state, not in my adult ego state. Put it down there and you have to hold it there. You have to actually, with your intention, hold the thing there in the gremlin ego state for a minute, two minutes, Then you let go, pops back. Okay, put it back down there. You hold it there and you work with one behavior for a couple of weeks until the one behavior, just work with one. You can't do it all at once. It will not work. You work with one behavior at a time and the first ones are the most difficult. You force them with your intention, you, you, you refuse to go there. You put that one behavior in the gremlin ego state, and you say, stay. Like anne Chloe said, you say, sit. You say, and you just hold it there until it stays there by itself. And oh, is that a great feeling? It is such a great feeling that it will stay there by itself because then you can work on the next behavior. And it's such a, I remember with myself, I had my adult ego state eighty percent contaminated with my gremlin ego state. I don't know if you remember, but you know I used to make I used to make jokes all the time about people like kind of insulting little commenty jokes about people. or I used to have this gremlin smile on my face come up often it, it was at the most in, inopportune moments this smile would come on my face I couldn't stop it so one at a time I had to take those behaviors and put them into my gremlin ego state and it took because nobody explained this to me it took me five six seven years of really painful work to do that you can do it in one or two years you can do it in one or two years took me a long time that's how to do it and there's no way around it nobody can do it for you there's no magic pill i mean the, the truth is that you You undo it the same way that you did it. Like the same way that you built the survival strategy to argue, it took you a while to learn how to argue so vehemently with such adamance, with such force, with such aggression, with such, like, to overpower the other. It took you a while to develop that. Well, now you just need to consciously undevelop it, one piece at a time, put it in, Back where it belongs. It's not wrong. It's not bad. It saved your life. Put it down into the adult, the gremlin ego state. Back where it belongs. It belongs there. Gremlin is gremlin, and gremlin does that shit over and over endlessly. Like Anne Chloe says, there is no end to that. You won't you won't um, exit the underworld. You will you will not empty your trash can. So. But if, if you're in the adult ego state, the gremlin is in his gremlin ego state, it's fine. You own the gremlin, gremlin's in the gremlin ego state. Gremlin has uses. Gremlin is amazingly very useful. You know, pe- sometimes you're talking to somebody and people just interrupt, you know, they, they go on and on and on and they never stop. Well, the gremlin can say, I'm, please stop. Don't talk to me anymore. I, this conversation is over, I'm leaving, or you can interrupt if you if you don't have your gremlin to interrupt for example then you you just have to be a victim an emotional garbage can for other people's blah blah but your gremlin can be rude your gremlin can be not nice so that's a conscious use of gremlin there's many many very useful conscious uses for gremlin
10: i will then use my gremlin consciously and ask janet to please to not eat on the screen this is not an eating space this is a discovery space and a research space. Thank you.
0: Thanks. So Habet, I saw you sent a note. I, Ingrid, I see your hand. Just a second. Habet, are you? Did you? Was your note sufficient?
10: She's gone. I think oh, that she had to leave. Yeah.
0: All right. So Habet sent her note, and Ingrid had her hand up. Has something to say? Go ahead, Ingrid.
2: Yes, Clinton. I'm really touched uh, what you said about. Um, your smile and your experience. You know, I the first time I found out that Exist, Expand the Box, it's before I started nonviolent communication. So it's uh, 10 years ago around that. And I was very attracted. Uh, I, I'm really scared to, to say, I'm trembling to, to say that. Um, I was attracted by, by all this, what I read, but I couldn't come because of this smile of you. I couldn't come. For me, it was not possible. I had, and I never saw you on on a screen, just a photo. I I, I got this and, um, oh, my heart is pulling. Um, And when I entered here, this group, the thing I was so touched about this, about your generous, your soul generous, and so okay. careful, so, so, I feel the love, I feel your, your deep respect, and this, touches me so deeply and I'm so thankful that I have a possibility to, to be here. I'm today at the first day on work. My uh, I had holidays and during the holiday I did for myself an intensive possibility management thing and I'm here in my office and nevertheless I can participate in everything and I'm so grateful. So, uh, thank you for saying that. I, I just want to thank you for saying that. There was so much fear in me, fear.
0: Ingrid, what was the fear about, or what is the fear about?
2: To be blamed. To be said, you are wrong. <laughs> to be really seen in my vulnerability.
6: Mm.
2: I wish, I, I want that. But I...
0: Would Yeah. You, you just said, I want that. Yeah. And then you said, "But." And when you say "but," it sort of cancels out. Yeah. That I I get. That. And. Yeah. 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 Own it. Really. Yeah. It. You want that? Yes. Answer.
2: Yes. I yeah. want that, and I'm. This because something in me told me to, to 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 to, to speak now, even if I didn't know at all what I wanted to say.
6: Thank you.
0: Thank you. Was there anyone else who had their hand up or wanted to say something, either about what we were talking about or something else? I see Ethna. Go ahead, Ethna. Ethna and then Annie.
7: Yeah, this is kind of a question. It might be rhetorical. But yeah, as you were talking earlier, um, I felt a lot of despair and hopelessness come up in me, especially around the um, the time frame that it will take to kind of come to terms with the old decisions that I've made. I uh, had a process about a month ago that brought up something that was really, really profound, and it's been a big, big rock in my shoe. And just living with the awareness of that has been so miserable. <laughs> um, just seeing the way that I interact with the world and interact with people and feeling like powerless to stop it has been just like awful. And so I felt a lot of hopelessness come up when you said that this could be a process that'll last months or even years. And, um, yeah, I just, I don't really trust myself to stay on this and to not give up and not just, you know, um, dump the rock out of my shoe and just walk away from everything. And so I guess this is like a rhetorical question. It might be an actual question, but how do you like, how do you stay committed to this when it's just rips you apart over such a long period of time? Have you
0: traveled, Ethna? Have you gone traveling outside your country at all? Like into Asia, Southeast Asia or Australia or The thing is that the this is an evolutionary journey. It is a journey. And the journey has a beginning the beginning of the journey was when you when you first realize something exists beyond what modern culture shows on the TV or the way your parents lived. And when you first do an experiment or commit to not simply agreeing with the dominant culture's propaganda machine, if you just the moment you do that you begin your path and and the path that journey doesn't doesn't ever doesn't come to an end and the thing is if you if you try to if your goal is to be happy and your goal is to be comfortable your goal is to be successful or liked or popular which are all modern culture values then it's going to be a hell world anything about the evolution of consciousness will be a hell world. It will be very painful. It'll be confusing. It'll be crazy making. It'll be lonely. It'll be scary. It'll be very uncomfortable. If you're on a journey, then it becomes the way. It fits into the journey. And along the journey, of course, <clears throat> there are surprises. There are unexpected things. There are, things you couldn't possibly imagine before that, that, I mean, I was, I was in a, I was on a journey part of a physical journey in the Amazon jungle in Ecuador at this, at this hotel in the middle. It wasn't a hotel. It was a a shack made out of bamboo on, on some walkways in the middle of the jungle. And I, I, they called us for dinner and we went over for dinner and what they gave us was a plate of roasted ants Dinner. I was hungry, I was sweaty, I was tired, I was, and they what they gave us was roasted ants to eat, big ones, not these little ants, big ants. Okay, all right. This is the path of evolution. It is it is not getting to control things, not getting to predict things, not getting to so it turns out to be the most powerful entertainment on the planet, is to be yourself engaged on the evolutionary path of consciousness. It's a, the it's a most powerful entertainment and most fulfilling uh, in, environment in which you get to do experiments and meet other experimenters and engage in new behavior and try new things ongoingly. And so, so it's just, it's how you frame it up. If you're trying to frame it up in the values of modern culture, it's going to, you're going to give, it's going to be hopeless and painful and horrible. But, and that's what I mean. If you put your point of origin to being an adventurer, I am an adventurer. I'm an adventurer on the pathway of the evolution of consciousness. You wake up in the morning into that. Then when the, the bus doesn't come, or somebody from this group calls you up at six o'clock in the morning, can you be on an emotional healing process with me, and they're calling you to <laughs> or something, and you go, oh, my God, I have, I have, you know, I have all this stuff to do. But, you know, the best part of my day is when I'm, I'm with, I'm dedicated myself to helping somebody go through an emotional healing process. Hell, yes. Hell, yes. I'm going to call up my, my job and I'm going to say, I'm, 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 I'm too well to come to work right now. I'm, I'm too, too engaged in life to come to work right now. I can't do it right now. So, so I'll be three hours late. Click. You know, and then go for it. This is the uh, the invitation that I would make to you.
2: Thank you, Clinton.
0: You're welcome. Welcome to the path. You have discovered the path. Congratulations, you have discovered the path. (laughs) Welcome to the path. really I'm saying get a sticker put it on you know I am an adventure I'm going to explore on that path of evolution of consciousness don't talk to me about it or I'll bite your head off Annie, <laughs> you were going to say something yeah uh
11: way back when when you were talking about the stone and the shoe I I uh I I have put myself here with my mother uh, for now, you know, winding down five weeks uh, together, and and I realized, yeah, that's that's what I've been doing. I've been watching. I've been watching the uh, her behavior uh, and how it's my behavior. In the in the beginning weeks, I just stay, come from being with my adult children, and and I had my uh, my graduation ceremony. But being with them and, and, and then listening with intent about the things that they don't like about how I interact with them. And then I arrive here and my, mo- I didn't understand it when they said it, but when my mother walked in and did those same things that they described, I, I got it, I got it. So uh, the, and you're talking about one thing. Uh, last night, my I, I had a friend who, who said, yeah, uh, on your next t- section of your adventure you might look for making friends and I realize ah oh, my mother has no friends
6: mm-hmm.
11: and she rejects them and I'm wondering oh my god what unconscious ways am I rejecting friends because I don't have people around me who, who come around me and I have no idea how to explore that and I'd like to uh, ask for help.
0: Then you say, are there "May a- I please have
11: help? Are there a couple people who um, might know a, a way to?" Ask-
0: don't have to know the way. They won't know the way. Oh. Take me through the emotional healing process. Say, "I see Kay, and Jennifer, and Mia, and Pontus, and Fauna, and Leslie." You get all those, Phyllis. Phyllis. Hey
11: okay, Jennifer, Mia Pontus, Fia? No, I don't know how to spell.
0: Uh, Fauna, who? Fauna. Yeah.
11: Yeah, F A U N A. Yeah. Yeah, I can't see everybody on one screen.
0: And Ava also, E W A. Ava Wichman. Okay. Cool. Thank you. Big stuff. There's essentially 90 seconds. We have 90 seconds. Somebody has a 90-second thing to say. Mia, is that you? Uh, Go ahead. Yeah,
3: I just would like to declare that I'm an adventurer on the path to evolutionary consciousness, and I just wanted to declare that into the space. Thank you.
0: Thank you. God, Thank you. you didn't say anything. You have forty-five seconds, K. Come on. Are you from the Women in Black? Your name's K. Come on, say something.
11: Oh well, I have so many thoughts. One was uh, about an addiction to being special and and not wanting to be ordinary and being terrified to like even experiment with that. <laughs>
0: Yes. What's your next experiment? Not that. <laughs> okay, the next friend
6: week. thing hit we'll,
0: me
3: we'll
6: ask
3: you next Can I? Can I? I have a teeny little phrase of a song. Can I sing it? Go. I mean, okay. Then, then maybe we can end on that. It's um, I don't wanna go home. Can we drive from zone to zone? I wouldn't do this on my own, but I'm not on my own tonight.
0: Ah, thank you. Beautiful.
6: Thank you.
0: All right, happy experimenting, you guys. Thank you very much for being here. I also look forward to this fairly a lot. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thank
5: Bye. Thank you.
0: Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.
2: Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.